Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. <laughs> That's Josh. I'm Cindy. Howdy. We are in the middle of a real-life pandemic, and uh, this month, for our horror viewing pleasure and my chagrin, we're doing... Welcome to... Virus month? Viruses? That was last month. What? We're over viruses. Oh, what are we doing this month? This is now... This is now... We're recording this well in advance. This because we back, have nothing to do. Beginning of April. Pandemic. Uh, April's over on the podcast. Yes. So we've been through our virus movies. And what are we into now? We are now into horror movies about isolation. Isolation. Because everyone's having to isolate and this yep. is goddamn miserable. Thanks. He says to me, staring me dead in the eye because we're we're isolated together. I mean, like this is fucking awful. I mean, this these will be coming out in May, and I'm already like ready to go places. Yeah, I'm like so, uh, ready to go fucking do some. We stuff. Uh, there are three of us staying together. It's Josh, myself, and my mother, and we are each of us because we know this is going to be we be a while. We spend as much time in completely separate parts of the house as possible because we don't want to get on each other's nerves. But it also means that nobody's getting anything really done. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I'm working in like spurts of like, I'll do 20 minutes and then 30 minutes of nothing. And then 20 minutes of working and 30 minutes of nothing. And I think that's kind of how everybody is. Mom has this long list of stuff she wants to do and she'll kind of bustle about and make the list and then, Oh, there's a documentary on I'm going to watch. She's really into aliens right now. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. She's going down that rabbit hole. Let her do it. Let her go, man. I'm staying out. I'm very lucky. I have a little she shed that I work in. I have a little setup out there. And then Josh said to go into the office a few times. But for the most part, he's uh, hanging out in the living room in the common space. Okay. Isolation movies. We're not doing The Shining. Are we? No. Okay. Not for not for. That's like what people think of when they think of great great isolation movies. Spoiler alert: We are doing a Stephen King, but it is not The Shining. It's not The Shining. Okay, so what are we watching? Uh, We're gonna start the month with with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay. I was told you weirdly before we did this. I came up with four movies originally, and I took one off because I was like, those are two hardcore movies that I don't want to make you sit through back to back so we i pushed that one farther back which is don't breathe i was originally gonna make you watch don't breathe and i was like nah i'm not gonna do that to her right Mm -hmm. now so i moved that back and i was like i subbed this one Mm -hmm. in and i was like holy shit they're both from 2016 2016 there were some weird fears about the current situation isolation going on in 2016 we're watching uh 10 cloverfield lane does this movie have john goodman in it it does i think i've seen the preview for it a few times yeah so this was released march 11th of 2016 it is one hour and 43 minutes long so not too bad no it's a good movie okay uh it's directed by dan trachtenberg who did an episode of Black Mirror and directed some of the episodes of The Boys that show on Amazon. Uh, it's written by Josh Campbell and Matthew Stukin. Is this a sequel to... We'll get there. Okay. Is that a back half conversation? Well, I'm going to talk about it here in a second. Okay. So they have a story by credit, and it's also written by Damien Chazelle, who went on to direct Whiplash and La La Land. 
Okay. Uh, the movie stars John Goodman as Howard. Everyone knows him. He's, yeah, you know, he's Dan Conner. And he's in The Big Lebowski and also has Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She plays Michelle. Um, she's from Scott Pilgrim. She's in that new Harley Quinn movie that's mm-hmm. now available to watch in your house that we will probably not be watching because no. we both think it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got John Gallagher Jr. who plays Emmett. Who is John Gallagher Jr.? Better known for Hush and a movie that I absolutely adore that is not in any way, shape, or form horror that I might make you watch at some point. What? Called Short Term 12. It is the best movie I've ever seen about working with children in a facility like I used to work in. Oh, okay. It is like... Pretty accurate. Fucking full on. Okay. Uh, It's such a good movie. Have you seen... uh this movie before with him in it? Have you seen seen Cloverfield? Okay. So this is the second Cloverfield movie. Right. So the first one came out in like 2006 and it's the giant monster movie. It was the New Year's Eve shot on a cell phone. Yeah. Found footage Mm -hmm. style. Now this movie is not found footage thankfully and it's probably the best and I'm not going to say probably it is the hands down best of the Cloverfield movies. Really? Because it's Cloverfield then 10 Cloverfield Lane and then they did the one they dropped on Netflix called Cloverfield Paradox, which is kind of a hot fucking mess. Oh, okay. Um, so clearly, if you're going to watch one, this is the one to go with. Uh, I will say this movie is also shot predominantly in chronological order, which is bananas for a movie. Yeah, that, never do that. But it, it really works to ramp like ramp up the tension. Okay. Uh, this movie's PG-13, so it's a really easy entry into isolation horror. Okay. It's not like over-the-top, insanely gory, or... Over-the-top, insanely isolated? It doesn't have a lot of, like, things that are going to fuck you up long-term, other than the fact that it's just... This movie's very tension-filled. It's a well-made movie. Okay. So, 2016, just so you know where we're at, where were you in 2016? Um, I think that's the year when I was on vacation. For the whole year. It was a year I don't talk. It's just like, uh, it's just, you know, like in Germany from 1940 to 44. Yeah, we're on vacation. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. I think 2016 was the year I was on vacation. I think there was a pretty low point in, in the old Sinster's life. What about you? I had just started at the Y that year. It was also a pretty shitty year for me, 2016. Mm-hmm. May, as I'm thinking about it, may be one of my worst life years. <laughs> so yeah. there we have that in common. Um, <laughs> so 2016 in the world was, was all the about that El Chapo got recaptured. There was the Zika outbreak. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Obama visited Cuba. Yeah. Okay. The Pulse nightclub shooting. Oh yeah. Harambe died. Yeah. Gets out for Harambe. Yeah. The poor gorilla. Pokemon Go was released in 2016. The, that was, was the year of the Rio Olympics, and Trump was elected in 2016. Okay. A, contributing to one of the shittiest years of my of, life. Uh, yeah. Uh, people that died that year, 2016, proving that on top of the Trump election, why it was such a shitty fucking year, it took from us David Bowie, George Michael, Carrie Fisher, yes. Alan Rickman... Harper Lee, Prince, Muhammad Ali, Anton Yelchin, and Gene Wilder. Because we can't have nice, nice things, things 2016. Nope. God damn. Gosh, that, is a, that was a rough year. Yeah. Ugh. 
Oi, boy. So, okay. Into the beginning of this year, March 11th, mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane comes out. It's like a secret. They did the thing. All of the movies, the Cloverfield movies, have been like shot in secret and then released. Why? It's just a thing J.J. Abrams does because he's a, a weirdo. I guess. But okay. they were like, surprise, this is a movie. Like, no one knew they were making it. Until it was done. And they're like, here. I mean, honestly, no one knew. The third movie, Cloverfield Paradox, was a thing until they advertised it during the Super Bowl, Netflix did. And they're like, available after the Super Bowl. And everyone was like, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, These movies have all snuck up on the audiences. So Okay. Are there any uh, cameos anything we should be looking for in this movie? Bradley Cooper. Anything else? Nope. Bradley Cooper. Okay. All right, so this is the part of the show where Josh shows me a poster, and I try to figure out what the movie is going to be about based on that, and it's hilarious and never works. And uh, This poster is awesome, but it doesn't tell you a whole lot about the movie. Uh, it just says, 10 Cloverfield Lane, house, monsters come in many forms. So I know that this movie is about living in a bunker, like they're in a bomb shelter bunker type thing. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to say that it's going to be about living in a bunker and then wanting to go on top because everything's okay versus everything's not okay and you're going crazy. I don't, you know what I mean? Like wanting to get out like us in a few in a few days. (laughs) I predict that you're going to like this movie. Okay. Like, I feel like this is a pretty safe one. It's not too crazy. I mean, there are crazy sh- things in it. But not. Um, but I think that it might be your favorite of the month. Hmm. That or week Starting it off pretty. Two. Week four will be your least favorite. Damn it. But it is okay. what it is. All right. All right, so where can we watch this? on? Am- is it Amazon? Uh, I have Bye. a Blu-ray. Okay. But I'm sure it's on Amazon. Okay. Well. I got the, I, got the, I mean. Of course you do. I feel like a dick saying this, but I got this... <laughs> Walmart for like five bucks a couple months ago. So, I mean, if you get a chance, if you're wandering around Walmart scavenging for supplies like it's Mad Max time, it's probably just floating in the $5 bin. Nice. (laughs) Cool. All right. Join us, won't you? Along with that Corona. (laughs) Mind the doors.
something's coming. Welcome back. We just watched Dan Connor, Life After Roseanne. I mean, uh... (laughs) That's currently the Connors on TV. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, She overdosed and died, apparently. That's the... Is that how they they killed her I think that's how they got rid of her on the show. I did not watch that show. Uh, I support it, though. Good on them. So we just got done watching 10 Cloverfield Lane. Is that what it's called? Yes. Did I say it right? Okay. (laughs) It's called 10... Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, there's a period in between each and uh, also word. A, a question mark at the end. Mm-hmm. You have to say. Yep, 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 yep. Punctuation's important, guys. Oh, anyway, so we watched Ten Cloverfield Lane. I liked it. I was really on the edge of my seat. Um, I it, there was a nice twist at the end because I super thought that I knew what I was doing. There were. Two spots that I scream pretty loud. They're just like the jump shots. Um, I remember when that the one lady when they have to go in. You know, <laughs> I think we should okay. stop calling them jump scares and start calling them jump shots instead. Jump shots? Did I say jump shots? Jump shots. Well, I don't like jump shots either. They worry me. Uh, anywho, yeah. So, what did you think, Deary? Uh, I like this movie a lot. It's definitely the best Cloverfield movie. I have nothing to compare it which to, so I will just stretch. say that you're right. Um, the first Cloverfield is pretty good. It's a mm-hmm. giant monster movie shot from like ground level. Oh like yeah, a, I remember like hearing about that only because of how it was shot. Yeah. And then the third Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox, that came out like last year, is not great. It's not great. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you: the movie was about. See if I get it right. Okay. A woman is in a car accident and comes to in an underground bunker. She is told the world has ended. The movie is her trying to decide if it has ended or not. Boom. Yes. Essentially, this movie I'm is... I'm trying really hard to be more succinct. This movie is... Trying to be more is, IMDb-like. Uh, is this person being gaslit the movie? Mm-hmm. Like the whole time? Oh, yeah. Um, or both. They were really interesting. So, essentially, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch it along with us, I don't know why you wouldn't. But, um, so the world has ended. But at the same time, or not ended, it's been overrun by aliens. But at the same time, the guy that she is locked up with is a creep. (laughs) So she was both right and wrong. We we don't know the aliens thing till like, the The, very, very end. Very last, like, five minutes, if that. So, IMDb sums this movie up as... As... After getting in a car accident, a woman is held in a shelter with two men. That is so close to the who Cindy. Who claim the outside world is affected by a widespread chemical attack. Guys, that is so close to what I said. I actually paid attention and I retained this one. Yeah. Yay. And, and the thing is, like, John Goodman is like the doomsday prepper. Mm-hmm. Like, he does that really well. Former He's... scientist guy who created this, like, elaborate bunker. Uh-huh. And they're down there forever. You could probably figure out a way to connect his character from Cloverfield and his character from like Big Lebowski. <laughs> mm. Mm. But it's that kind the of guy. The Big Lebowski character is more like re- reactionary. This guy's more like Methodical. he was a scientist. Yeah. He's very smart. And he's, he's very sure weird. of himself. Yeah. And he's very... A little off. He seems very 
molesty at times. Yeah, and I yeah, don't know that's if, a good way to put if it. That's how, Creepy. If that's how Goodman played him, or like the way the camera presents him at times, because that's the tension at the beginning of the movie. Let me run this by you. So John C. McGinley. Uh, who you know probably from a fancy movie, but I know him as Dr. Cox from Scrubs. He has this theory. What? When I see him, I think of California. He's the SWAT team leader in the movie Seven. Oh, gosh. Okay, anyway. So he has this thing. He says that the camera is an x-ray. And whatever. it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. The truth of it. The camera finds the truth. The camera's... so, So... whether or not he wanted it to play as a molesty guy, that is who he, that character was. That character is definitely like a... I don't know if he ever acted on his impulses, maybe, but he was yeah. definitely that weird neighbor that like you maybe warned your kids about. Like Maybe just stay away from him. This is the only scenario in which this movie works. Because like if it had just been... She woke up and they were like, Hey, uh this happened she totally believes them they're all like besties there's doing puzzles and shit that'd be a boring ass movie right but you add in an element of him being real quiet about his past and weird little his tracer clue things Mm -hmm. because like he talks extensively about his daughter Mm -hmm. and he has her old clothes and then you find out the clothes in the picture of her is a missing girl yeah not his daughter but like a in from the town. His daughter left earlier than that, and he may have just abducted a girl and been like, you're my new daughter. Or it may be something as simple as that was the girl who hung out with his daughter and, like, they got it. You know what I mean? But yeah. you, they, they, you never know. I think it's... But the me, camera tells us that he was a little touchy-feely with some children. To me, it feels like it veers into he was... He had kidnapped this girl and was trying to turn her into his daughter because he... He does that with refers the, to. Um, I don't remember the actor and actress's Elizabeth names. Winstead. Okay, he doesn't sexualize her, but he kind of wants to be her dad. Infantilizes her. In, yeah, that's a good word for it. He infantilizes he her. Treats her like like a daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I, how many times he's like, you know, oh, oh, we can have. There are no rules anymore, Michelle. We can have. We can have our ice cream before dinner if we want. You're talking to her like she's seven. Well, and he and calls she's a her by woman. That's true, and he calls her near the end of their time together. He doesn't he slip and he calls her by his daughter's name a he, few times. He might. Uh, I think. Like I think. essentially, she Michelle Mary Elizabeth Winstead mm-hmm. wakes up trapped in a bunker underground. She's chained to the wall when you first meet her. Well, and that. At, at face value, that sounds terrifying. But if the world is in fact ending, if he did grab this girl and throw her just to, you know, because he was grabbing anybody off the streets, that makes sense. But it is kind of a hard pill to swallow that like, oh, I've just woken up from an accident and I'm chained in your basement. <laughs> like, exactly. Okay. And John Goodman's very creepy. Very. And very like, uh, his, his very presence creepy. feels oppressive. I think there's really only three actors in this movie. I mean, so but John Goodman, John Goodman, so fucking good. Who is the owner and designer of the bunker? Yeah, Howard. Howard. There is a a young man. I don't remember his name. What's his name? John Gallagher Jr. Well, what's is that? What what's his character's name? Emmett is like the guy who 
was kind of just hired to help him build the bunker and kind of help, like a hired hand. Yeah. And he's like, no, wait, for real, like, yes, the world is ending. He seems yes. to be the sanest person at times. So he was there. He knows, hey, you know, it's for real. We really are under attack. That is true. But you're right. Howard is super creepy. And then that comes to a head. Well, he tells ah. he tells Michelle, he's like, you know, oh, I was at the store or something like that. And I saw it all start to go down. And I jumped in my truck and I hauled ass here. Because yeah, because he knew. And he's like, his arm's broke. And she's like, did your arm get broken trying to get out? And he's like, no, it got broke trying to get trying in. Trying to get in. Everything's dead outside. And so every single time that there are clues leading to what you think is going to be proof that Howard is the creep that we know he is... Instead, you land with, oh, no, he's telling the truth about the outside world. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So that just keeps happening. But they're spaced far enough apart that you start believing that he's the creep again. You know what I mean? It kind of makes you start doubting yourself. It was a really interesting movie. I liked it. It's not something I would have picked for myself. So I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, it really falls into the, you know, quarantine trapped in one location vibe that we're going with this month. Because in the, basically, like the first third of the movie mm-hmm. is, hey, um, let's I get woke used up to this in this room. I don't know what the fuck's going on. My legs fucked up. This oh yeah, we forgot about that part. Grown ass man has me chained to the wall and is like, the world has ended. And he keeps calling me You're by welcome. his daughter's name and treating me like I'm uh, a child. And then things get a little bit better. And then the second act is like, oh shit! Like she. Remember, she tries to escape and mm-hmm. go upstairs, and she's like, "Oh, uh, they find that lady." Well, no, bangs you her fi- head against the wall, and the dead pigs. First, you find that somebody has written "Help me" on the no, bunker. That's after. That's after. Oh, okay. Because she thought that she grows to. Tr- okay, so storyline wise, she grows to trust John Goodman after she steals his keys, escapes upstairs, oh, right, tries right, to go right, outside. Right, right. And then the lady is, like, all fucked up outside. And she's, like, slamming her head against the wall. Like, being like, let me in. And she dies. And she's like, oh, shit. You're been telling the truth. Like, the world has ended. And so... Then they operate as, like, a a de facto family. Yeah, there's, like, a little montage of just, like, the boring, mundane life that we all now know is quarantine life. Um, Doing a puzzle. You know, kind of fit farting around. But she does start to worry about... Did I just get louder? Yeah. I feel like I just got louder. You leaned in really oh, I close. I leaned in too close. Um, <laughs> and then she starts to doubt him again. And then she... When does... So then she tries to make another run for it. No, no. what happens is they end up like operating like a small family mm-hmm. and getting along. And the air compressor thing dies that brings the air and circulates it. The re- yeah, the circulator. That's, yeah, she's the only one that can fit up because the door's jammed. She's the only one that can fit up through there through the air duct. That's where she finds the word uh, the words "help me" scratched into, into the window that looks up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And she also finds that bloody fingernail. Yep. And she's like, "Oh!" And then he had shown her the picture of his daughter, and she shows it to Emmett. And Emmett Gallagher says, Jr. And he's like, that's not his daughter. That's the girl that went missing. And then they are both Because like, he's like a townie. And he's like, oh, she was in my class like when it, in fifth grade yeah. or whatever. And they're both like, we got to get the fuck out of oh, here. Because yeah. homeboys go crazy. And then yeah. where she was a fashion designer, she starts building like a 
they steal one of his survival books and rip out a page on how to build like a uh, a suit, yeah. a hazmat suit. And she starts building it out of um, the shower curtain in in an old pop bottle and whatnot. Yeah. And he finds out what was it that scissors? Yes, there's scissors missing, and he, thinks, and he figures he's like, out. You know, what are you guys planning? What are you doing? Right. And uh, Emmett, John Gallagher Jr.'s character, is like he takes. All he takes the all the blame for it. He's like, he says it's me. Yeah. Like, I wanted to take your gun. I wanted her to respect me the way she respects you. Like, da 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 da. And Joe Goodman's like, I appreciate you being honest with me. And just straight shoots him in the fucking head. Yep. And then disintegrates his body in a fat of acid. And the movie takes a turn. Yeah. And it becomes like a straight fucking like survival. It becomes a survival movie. escape movie. And then it turns into right when you're like. Okay, I think I figured this out. Twist! It's an alien movie. He was right the whole time. That is what's happening. Yeah, uh, just because Howard was crazy and seemed a little rapey and gross... Doesn't mean that he didn't know that it was the end of the world. Yeah, he was kind of spot on about the world being over. Yep. Uh, So she spills the acid, knocks Howard into it. He gets all fucked up and eaten up. The bunker explodes after she that's escapes the, that's my voice for that uh aliens show up she takes out a giant alien and right as she thing. realizes that the aliens are real is right when the bunker blows up uh, so it's like oh yeah. i can't go back to that and after she kills the aliens like a certified g she True. takes off in the car and the movie ends with her driving she, she has the choice to go to safety or go to was it houston yeah and help uh, fight the, the resistance. She goes to Houston and you see a giant spaceship in the distance. Like, this movie's fun. Yep. It moves super fast. It's not, there's, like I said, there's creep vibe, but there's not like a lot of blood and guts and gore. There's, this is, it's creepy. I mean, if we're, if I could be so bold as to jump ahead to talk about something real fast. Okay. I feel like this is a movie that children could watch. Not my children. Well, that's not true. I the mean, con- content wise. Content wise. I don't think there's anything in this movie that really. It's a good thriller. Yes. There's no, like, insane gore. There's a little with, like, him in the acid. In the acid and the pigs and that woman, you know, at the door trying to get in. But That's it's, pretty foul. It's pretty tame. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a PG-13 Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. That's uh, fair. It's definitely not an R. <laughs> uh, the 14-year-old would like it. It does go really fast. It is an interesting storyline. Yes. I will agree. Uh, are there any... Hmm... Any interesting... Yeah, like tidbits or anything that we didn't Bradley talk about? I'm Cooper. trying to think. Oh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Was he supposed to be Emmett? No, he played the voice of her boyfriend on the phone at the beginning. Oh. The one that was like, you know, Michelle, where are you going? Like, yeah, like, you know, can't we talk about this? Because at the beginning of the movie, you see her take off like a wedding ring. Right. Or an engagement ring. And she leaves it and takes off. There's like, yeah, this weird storyline that's car. never really addressed again. Um, that's why she is on the road. Yeah. When they and and you, I forgot come. to mention this in our little recap. It's actually Howard that hits her car. Yeah. So if that hadn't happened, she forgot about died that. on the side of the road in her own car. So it is what it is. <laughs> that part of Michelle was written and only offered to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Was it written for her? Uh, it wasn't written for her. But she's just so perfect. Because this script was written to be a very cheap spec script that could oh. be made. It wasn't supposed to be a... Cloverfield, um, movie. Cloverfield movie. Got it. They kind of backdoored thing. it in. It was called The Cellar, and it was just going to be 
you know, the guy that wrote it and the friends were going to make it on the weekend or whatever, I'm guessing. And then it got picked, it got bought. Like, people were like, this is really good. And it got bought. And then J.J. stepped in and was like, you And know. they tied it into the, now, the, so I guess the yeah. Cloverfield universe are those aliens. He's like, you know, we, we, we're going to give you a director and, like, a budget and we're going to get stars. And they wanted Mary Elizabeth Woodson and they offered it to her and she said yes. This, she's the only one they offered it to, apparently. Uh, okay. The, what? I was going to say, so... Goodman's probably the biggest. Yeah, well, probably. Well, there's John only Goodman three. Is the biggest star in this. Movie. Yeah, because there's only three of them in there. Like billing wise, I think it goes Goodman, then Winstead, then whoever John Emmett Gallagher is. Jr. Who John Gallagher Jr. <laughs> whoever Emmett is, is a fucking good actor. Like what else has he he's been? He's popping up more and more and more. Oh, he's um, like newer. I'm trying to remember the Short Term Twelve was the first thing I saw him in. But this movie was shot in Louisiana. It was shot in outside of New Orleans. Uh, For the outside scenes, you mean? Or was like everything. the studio. Everything was because oh. this was this was shot in obviously 2016. It was, it's all a big seller. Louisiana was slaying it with those uh, tax breaks. Yeah, those tax breaks. It was Louisiana, like New Mexico, and especially Georgia. Not West Georgia, Georgia, West Virginia doesn't even have a film office anymore. I know because uh, we're West Virginia. We don't even have a major airport. Suck at Jaeger. You're not a major airport. Nope. Nope. <laughs> While this movie's filmed in Louisiana, John Goodman wears a Missouri shirt, and he's from Missouri. He oh, up, that's a big rivalry, isn't it? He grew it? up in... No, not really. He no, grew I up thought in it St. was like Louis. Louisiana, Mizzou. Um, he grew up in St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. And then moved to New York and mounts around John and whatnot. Goodman, but yeah. he, he lives now at least part-time in New Orleans because he loves it. Oh, yeah. He was part of that. What was that move? No, it was a series that was on... HBO with Tre- him. Tremaine? Yep. Yeah. He, he like, um, partly funded that as well, didn't he? Yeah. There there are certain celebrities who have fallen in love with... Call uh, New Orleans home. New Orleans and live there. I think Brad Pitt has a house there. Hmm. It's just an interesting thing that, you know... A little it, side note. It was filmed in the town that he lives in and the whole time he was wearing, or at least part of the time he was wearing a Missouri shirt. Just a fun little fact for you. Neat. So the gas station in the movie that she stops at the beginning like a, is named... Yeah. Kelvin, yes, and that is a definite J.J. Abrams reference. I thought it was just the temperature. He places that in all of his projects. Like that name is in all of his projects Why? that he especially directs uh, or produces. It pays respects to his maternal grandfather Henry Kelvin, who he l- super oh, loved. That's really sweet. Yeah, and also like Slusho and a couple of things. That is a you know those are his. That things. is like a J.J. Abrams. When you see that, you're like, oh. That's his signature. Gotcha. Uh, you know what J.J. Abrams' what? big break in the industry was? Mm. How long he's been around? No, tell me. He wrote Regarding Henry. I do love... That's my favorite Harrison Ford movie. Well, that is not mine. But I know, but... I um, like that movie a lot. Nobody ever talks about it. Everyone's like, oh, my favorite Harrison Ford is Star Wars or Indiana Jones. Or My favorite is Regarding Fun Henry. Fun fact, he will talk to you about that movie. Good. We'll uh, have long conversations about it. And when people interview him, he apparently will say at the beginning of the interview, so uh, before we get started, I won't answer any Indiana Jones, Star Wars, uh, Blade Runner, or <laughs> Fugitive questions. Go. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. I could talk uh, about uh, regarding Henry forever. How did he, you know, what was his method? What did he go to to learn about rehabilitation and... Uh, you know what? That, that's you different. Know, you know what movie he loves to talk about? What? Mosquito Coast. 
Never seen it. It's fucked up. He's a bad guy in it. <laughs> what if? Uh, so the cast members weren't told the title of the actual movie they were making. Well, like you they, said, it was called like the. Well, the the script was called The Cellar, and then when they were shooting it, it went by Valencia. What does Valencia it, mean? And it's like a type of orange. Okay. This movie made a fuckload of money. Well, that's why it got a sequel. It got a third part. It, but the but the sequel, the third part, doesn't really have a. Oh, it has as many connections with as this, this does movie the original. as this one does the original, yeah. Which um, is little to none, from what I've been told. But I think, so, this movie was made for not a whole lot of money. I think the numbers range like a million. It's just, I mean, it's just like a somewhere in there. studio. It would have to be a set is the majority of the work. Yeah. Uh, they shot it all, or at least most of it, in chronological order so they could, you know... As they destroyed Save things. on, yeah. But this movie ended up making like $110 million. Damn, son! So, part of that was mine. A little, a little tiny piece of that. I saw this in theaters when okay. it first came out. And enjoyed it. I, I kind of I wanted them to keep this story going. And I was... Kind of bummed that they didn't. So, when I was watching the Super Bowl, was it the Super Bowl where the Falcons fucked that lead up and let the Patriots win? Which angered me. I truly don't um, know. They had like an ad. At halftime, mm-hmm. it was like, doo 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 Cloverfield Paradox, now playing on Netflix. We dropped it right now. And right I after like, the, Oh, I do know that. Right I'm, after the Super Bowl. And we like, oh, fuck. And then as soon as I started, idea. I was like, this is not a sequel to the movie I wanted it to be. You wanted it to follow her and, like, <laughs> becoming part of the resistance. I wanted to stay in that world a little bit more because it was really interesting. She names her gun Howard. Uh, this movie, it made a shitload of money. Right? Yes, but it you also, said that. It, the critics loved it. It's a good movie. I liked it. It has a 90% rating on I, Rotten Tomatoes. But you're, I definitely would not have seen this if not for like us sitting down to do it. One critic wrote, it was smart, solidly crafted, and palpably tense. It makes yes. most of its confined setting and outstanding cast and it's just a new frontier for franchise filmmaking. It was neat. But the cinema score gave it a B- minus on an A plus to F scale. Okay, like, that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's a solid rating. The Chicago Sun-Times gave it uh, four stars out of four, commending the film as continually gripping and extremely engrossing. Agreed. And that Dan Trachtenberg, the film's director, helmed this film with artistry, imagination, and skillful precision. My favorite, uh, I can't remember the exact who wrote it, but someone, one of the critics wrote that this was yeah. a, a really good movie, but essentially only a sequel in name, and called it a... The kissing cousin of sequels or some shit like that. Yeah, you know it's like eh, if no, it was just picked up and really dropped. Clo- you know, I don't know. I haven't seen Cloverfield. I didn't need to see it to see this. No. Okay. It's what a giant we- monster movie, which is so different than this. Okay, so Samuel Ziarkov was a producer of exploitation films, who created an acronym based on his own last name to create the best exploitation moves. I just got a Blu-ray. That of a movie that's produced by Sam Markoff that I might watch tonight. Nice. While drunk, called Rolling Thunder, about a Vietnam vet who gets his hand cut off and gets a hook and goes on revenge. Okay. Uh, click, click. A. Click. A stands for? Action. Action. There's a lot of action. Yes. Um, it starts out, it doesn't even really start out slow because it starts out in the middle of the action of her, like, 
putting her clothes in a suitcase and going, you know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff like that. I mean, it's, okay, this movie's not like a Rambo movie. There's not a bunch of dudes firing off guns and crazy shit. But But it it moves fast. This movie... It's not a 1980... It's not 1980s paced. It's kinetic. This movie has a... It's constantly driving you to the next scene. Yeah. Our... Revolution. Revolutionary. Yeah, this is a really interesting idea for a movie and for... Yeah. Yeah, the crazy kook that kidnapped you was right the whole time. I mean, he's still a crazy kook, but he was right. He doesn't know how right he was because he at one point he mentions aliens and he's like, oh, they have stuff that... Way beyond what we've got, but they think it's a chemical attack. And uh, yeah, so you definitely think he's kind of a loon at first, but he's not wrong. Uh, K killing, yes, yes, yes. Dude in gets acid, dipped in acid. That's pretty dope. No, he just straight gets shot in the face no, no, at no, close no, no. range first. Yeah, but then he gets dissolved up in acid. And you see him like half dissolved, and yep. then Howard John Goodman's character falls. Half his face of acid, yep. and he gets all et up. Yep, and then he gets blown up. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And that lady slams her, yeah, she dies and by beating her fucking head off that door. Mm-hmm. Well, presumably. Oh, oratory? Any big speeches that you remember? I would say the thing about this movie mm-hmm. and the dialogue is... There's kind of a lack of dialogue. I... A lack of dialogue I don't wanna, necessary for okay, this type of movie. I don't want to shit on Michelle's character. But. Because she's the linchpin of the movie and she's the hero and the whole movie revolves around her. But all of the good lines go to good men. Good men. Except for that story that Emmett, John Gallagher Jr. tells about that bus ticket and his oh, like, background. Yeah. That was really sad. His backstory. That was good. Um, but all the juicy, meaty, like... Go to, well, go to, go to the Goodman. top name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's John freaking Goodman. I get it. He's the big draw at first. Uh, F. The two Fs are fantasy and fornication. Uh, I don't think there's either of those in this. I think there's 100% fantasy. I think the fact that... We're not sure. I think this... Okay. I think this movie doesn't have a whole lot of fantasy in it. I think it could be right up until she gets outside, you're like... Eh, yeah, because you're not sure. Eh. And yeah, then yeah, fucking yeah. aliens show up. Yeah. And there's like a spaceship and monster dog things. And I think then it becomes very fantasy based. In the la- Yeah, but that's the last, like we said, five minutes still, of the film. It, it, it is there. Okay. <laughs> that's the note you go out on. True. It's like, oh, this is a fucking sci-fi film. Oh, there's going to be a sequel. Oh, no, there's not. Yeah, it's like a prequel to a fucking kick-ass, like... Earth-based science fiction film, but that it's we not. never got the sequel to. So far, maybe we will. Fornication. There's a creepy, kind of pervy sex vibe about Howard. Otherwise, I don't think there really is. No, and and I'm okay with it. The yeah, being like, I think this movie. I think that would be unrealistic it, to have a love tra- scene at all. It would have felt too shoehorned in, right? And I think that. Part of why Howard grows to hate Emmett so much and starts losing his temper at him all the time is he thinks they are fucking. And that really bothers him. Yeah. Because I think he thinks of them as his children. Did you get that vibe? I did, yes. Um, and then he's he has that weird thing of like, if you're fucking, that's gross because you're like You're a family, kids. yeah. And, and you're your kids, your not 
you know, people in your adults in your 20s. Yeah, like he he has a hard time. Like he's such a smart guy. Like he's a scientist and he worked on like satellites. He worked for the military. But he's mentally ill, it seems like. And yes. he has a hard time distinguishing um, reality. Well, and it would be kind of hard. family members from family members. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, well, I mean, but it would be hard to. Those lines blur. Yeah. And that'd be hard if that was, you know, if your reality was that aliens were stopping, you know, 20 feet above you. But okay. He didn't know about the aliens, though. That's the thing. Like, well, he, he knew. He, he I mean, was kind like, of aliens are real. We all know they're real. But, like, he thought it was a chemical attack. He didn't know how right he was. Got Oh, I see. But, yeah. I mean. I liked it. It was a good movie. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. Who who do you think is the standout? Who, If you're going to give someone an award in this movie. John Goodman, for sure. You think it would be John Goodman? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, because he plays that weird role of protectorate slash creep. I mean, that it's kind of like wearing two faces, plus a smart guy, plus, I mean, there are layers there, and he plays it really well. I liked it. Okay. I, I would I would agree with you. Except? Um, no, I think of... Oh, I thought you were going to say Of actors, too. like, everyone was great in this movie. I don't think there's any missteps or... No. But, and I think Dan Trechtenberg did a really good job directing it, but man... The production design, whoever built that fucking bunker and then decorated it, did a really good fucking job. Yeah, it's very cute. Uh, Norman Rockwell Americana. It, I don't know how many times, I've seen this movie before, watching it and and just watching them interact with that bunker that, like, I believe it. Yeah. You know, I mean, my brain's like, you know, obviously this is a movie, but I'm like, nothing takes me out of the moment while they're in the bunker. Right. There's nothing like... It it does. It feels like, okay, these are used games and magazines and old furniture and dress it up as much as you want, but it's essentially you're living in a basement. I mean, he's got puzzles with missing pieces. Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't have any DVDs or Blu-rays or all VHS tapes. Like... A lot of them, but... They are VHS. You know, you you almost think that some there was like a conversation off screen where Emmett was like, "Do you, do you not have any DVDs?" Or and he's like, "No, man. Uh, I spent all my money on this this on the air <laughs> circulator that I figured you could live without a Blu-ray." Uh, what are we watching next week? So, uh, what are we doing? We're keeping up with Isolation Month. Is next week Mother's Day? Uh, no. No. Yes, no. I truly don't know. Every It's so weird. Like, every day has blurred into one goddamn yeah. day. Thanks, Corona. Thanks, Corona. Keeping yeah, away from the Rona. So, when this drops, because this will drop on... The May first week the of May. Yep. Be with you. Ugh. And also with you. Uh, one day, I'll just do a rant about this and how much I love Star Wars but hate Star Wars fans. They ruin fucking everything. Uh, uh, so next week would be the 11th. Mm-hmm. The 10th is Mother's Day. So what's our Mother's and Day this month? Staying this with the idea of like quarantine, stuck in one place movies, even though we're about to get those restrictions lifted in West Virginia and I'll die. Uh, we're doing Cujo. Cujo. For Mother's Day. The Stephen King one about the dog, right? Yeah. I have not seen it, but it was really popular when I was a kid, so I know of it. Does that make sense? Yep. So, okay. growing up, did your parents and grandparents have a 
fear of you getting rabies and from everything? No, in New Jersey, we kind of talked it. We've talked about this before. Like, depending upon where you grew up, there are certain things that different areas kind of warn you as a child about. Uh, in New Jersey, in the eighties, it was eighties and nineties. It was escalator safety and railroad safety. A lot. Uh, that's what we got. You got rabies. Uh, growing up in West Virginia and mm-hmm. tiny, tiny town, West Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, we were always told everything will give you rabies. Stray dogs, cats, <laughs> bats. I guess okay. it's better to be safe than sorry. Everything. And boy, oh boy, that river's got a hell of an undertow. It'll suck you right down. you never see family again. Like we, <laughs> I never had to worry about that because the rivers around us are so freaking dirty. Uh, same here. So dirty. Except here, we just fucking played in them. Like, so... Nope. We were... I lived three blocks from the Ohio River. Yeah. And it was drilled in our heads. Because, like, the park in my hometown of Payton City, Ohio River runs right beside it. A river runs through it? So, petit ball, going to the pool, going to the park. The Ohio River was right there. Uh, my parents were always like, hey, stay the fuck away from that river. And did you? it is dangerous. Mostly. It's really dirty and gross. Yep. All right. So next week, join us for our Mother's Day special as you and I watch Cujo. Cujo. Mind the doors. Yeah.